listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Cars. My name is Chris Gooden, and I am joined once again by a man who wants to 4G63 swap your 4BT Cummins, Mr. <laughs> Brandon Cole. See, that would be really hard to do because the 4BT never came in any vehicles. Yeah, well, Except Brandon, for your tractor. Brandon, that's, <laughs> tractor. Uh, why don't you explain to us why you're going to do that? Well, you see... <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't because those are the two best four cylinders, and I don't think one can replace the other, in my opinion. Right. Well, you're the Anyways. one that's doing it, so I don't. I don't know what to tell you, man. Well, I'll let you know. Your your Evo swapped tractor. <laughs> Sounds fun. I did see. I have seen an LS swapped uh, Bobcat. So that is, you know, we'll just stuff that thing anywhere. That's what happens when you have too much money and too much time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but once again, welcome everybody. Uh, we have another great show planned for you. Uh, we're going to do a little bit more automotive history, some uh, stoner questions, and some JDM discussions. Uh, first off, we'll get into a little bit of automotive history. And uh, it wasn't exactly this week, but uh, the 30th. In 1925, April 30th, the Dodge Brothers sold for a record amount. And uh, not only was this an insane amount of money for 1925, but it was a very unique deal. Uh, it says the company was sold in for $146 million plus an additional 50 million to be dispersed to various auto or to various charities. It doesn't specify what kind, but the, uh, the 146 million alone made it the largest, uh, automotive sale to date for any automaker. And that is $2.7 billion in, uh, 2020 money. That's crazy, man. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I, I wonder what Dodge would sell for now. Like is two point seven billion like still a good price? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the company's doing fairly well, uh, or I guess it's really fiat. I guess honestly, like they could just that, stop so. selling cars and just sell Hellifant uh, crate engines, and probably still. I, I definitely feel like they're selling that uh, different variants of the Hemi really well. Yeah, they're definitely putting they they've got their money maker. They know what people want and they're they're giving it to them. I don't know why these other auto automakers seem to be so stingy. I, I believe the president of Dodge or CEO whatever it is recently put out that he realizes that the you know the Hellcat and Demon type engines, supercharged ones are um their days are numbered being yeah, you know with our our green economy coming in to fruition or whatever and these things on a good day getting maybe double digit fuel economy if they're lucky yeah if you keep your foot out of it you're coasting downhill tailwind yeah but good for good for them you know yeah um on may 1st f1 driver artur arton senna died in the uh, san marino grand prix which was a very sad day internationally for the automotive community. And then uh, on May 2nd, 1918, uh, General Motors buys Chevrolet. 
And this was surprising to me for a couple reasons, mostly because for some reason I'd thought that Chevrolet was always a GM flagship. Same. Yeah, but uh, yeah. apparently it wasn't. They acquired it May 2nd, 1918, and I was looking for a price because I wanted to compare it to the Dodge sale, but uh, I could not find one. Yeah, that's really surprising. I didn't know that either. And, you know, I, I didn't think GM in general was really big enough to acquire because even at the time, Chevrolet was something. Um, right. You know, it wasn't a small brand. It was still a big brand. So, yeah, that's really surprising to me that it wasn't the other way around. Yeah, so... I wish it had a better breakdown in this story. I guess I should have done more research to see who General Motors had acquired at that point. You know I would I mean? imagine that's that was that was probably the first partnership there. And I mean, I don't know, but that's that's that would be my guess. And then you know, Cadillac and Oldsmobile and Pontiac and all the other sudden came over time. Right. I think what year was that? You said nineteen eighteen. Yeah, so yeah. I think Cadillac was very new still. So, I mean, I, don't, I would say they probably came a little later, but who knows? Maybe we should do that for another episode. We'll do a deep dive yeah. on the lineage of General Motors. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good for another show. Yeah. Uh, another, uh, I, I guess that's it for history. Um, yeah. You had some news you wanted to bring up. On the, the 370s. Uh, yeah, the 370s. So, yeah, just doing some uh, quick reading like I typically do on a normal day. Uh, I found I found that basically if you were to go, and this is a very recent article uh, today, actually, if you were to go to a Nissan dealership, uh, you would be considered pretty lucky to find a brand new 370 dealer on the lot. Um they're sold out. Um, I think there's a low demand, so maybe they didn't make a whole bunch of them and maybe people are holding out for the alleged new 400 Z, which is, I think it's confirmed at this point, isn't it? Well, yes, yes. I guess they don't have information on it. Yeah. It's confirmed, I would say. Um, but in, I guess they're, assuming that it's going to take on the uh the three liter twin turbo v6 currently found in the infinity q50 which is fantastic because yeah there's one so thing i love is turbos one thing i love is turbo all-wheel drive vehicles and you know this this vehicle has not gotten the, the Q50 anyways which will be the infinity variant really of it i would i would say that right built somewhat similar it's okay so like you you take you take uh the gtr okay and it's all-wheel drive twin turbo very powerful it's technology great vehicle it's it's got a lot of hype like it's the epitome of the tuning culture right now uh, for new stuff anyways oh it's it's all you see at texas 2k it's insane yeah Yeah. and and the, the brand itself of gtr has been you know, one of the number one or number two, probably up there with the Supra since the nineties. And for sure. Um, and so what, what they've infinity has released this almost the same thing, but obviously significantly cheaper and a little less power. It, it makes 400 horsepower, but as we know with a twin turbo engine, that's it, uh, it's a small 
tune away from a lot more power right and, and a and if a, a uh, all-wheel drive system and good uh gearbox options i mean it's 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 the like it's a great platform for any type of sports car you you would want and i'm really surprised it hasn't gotten a lot more um coverage a lot more fame out of it it's it's, it's in my eyes it's the baby godzilla you know <laughs> Yeah, uh, a few years ago, I was at Texas 2K, and they had AMS Performance had a, I think it was a supercharged Q50, and they were laying down. I forget what kind of times, but really respectable times, and it's like stilled. I don't, I don't see many of them around. It's, uh, I don't. I don't know. It's like the Kia. It kind of made sense that the Stinger went under the radar because who's really looking to Kia for a twin yeah. turbo all-wheel drive sports car, yeah. right? So I always thought that, and my, myself too, I wouldn't buy one, but I was always surprised that more other people didn't, that aren't snobs like me. But same thing with the the Infinity, I guess maybe because it's an Infinity. Yeah, I know it is. Like I guess for for the amount of power you get, it is a little bit expensive. Um, yeah, that's true. So, and but it, but the same thing goes for the the three seventy. You know, it's for what you get, it's a lot of money. And like at that at that price point, it's like why not buy a, a year old um, Corvette or something, two year old Corvette. Yeah, well, I mean, I've 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 fallen into that trap. Like I spent thirty seven thousand dollars on that volkswagen golf r yeah <laughs> like it was cool but if i were to sit down and put 37 grand into auto trader and mm-hmm. see what comes up there's a very small chance i still leave with a brand new golf r so yeah I, was, I i get that that was a sweet awesome car and i it really, the same thing though it's really everything you want in a sports car with the all-wheel drive system turbocharged it was pretty luxurious in there very comfortable had a lot of room yeah but for 40 grand car. i could have got a freaking z06 well that's what i'm that's what i'm getting at next but then you're an entirely different class of vehicle you have you have a very small trunk you have no back seats you have cramped even that's your true i guess cramped uh hot hatch versus a uh, sports car yeah, you're different. A fair comparison. It's a different class, but yeah, I'm I'm the same way. You know, if I was a, a single guy like you, I would I would definitely lean Corvette over hot hatch for sure. Right. But to circle back to our original point, if you have if you sit down and look at how much a G thirty seven costs off like the floor and then the other cars in that price range, I you're probably less likely if you're a tuner oriented person, you're less likely to come away with the infinity yeah but i think i think probably what we're saying about this whole turbo thing plus all wheel drive i think that's the main reason why the 370 is pretty much not doing great in sales right now is basically you get a what 330 ish horsepower 335 something along those lines it might be a little more by now um right not a ton of power, naturally aspirated, uh, great car, great platform, but you can get so much more for the amount of money they're wanting for it. So I would say that's probably a good reason why they're switching it up, going turbo, because if you don't have something forced induction, I don't even care if you have a big engine. It's really hard to compete these days with anything else that's considered a sports car. Yeah. 
unless you happen to have something like an LS that takes off in the aftermarket, I mean, first support wise, the LS may have, may as well have come turboed. You know what I mean? But 90% of other vehicles don't have the rabid aftermarket support that the LS engine does. Yeah. And it seems like, I guess, probably that Q50 doesn't have a strong support right now as well. Um, I'm assuming it's going to take off a bit if this uh, Nissan 400Z gets the same engine. Yeah, so the a uh, brand new Q50 starts at 367. That's not terrible, but that's it's not cheap. That's also for the base model which is 300 horsepower. Oh yeah, so, so the Red S I think is the is is the is the only way you get the 400 horsepower with all wheel drive and everything. And that's when it gets pretty stout. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll probably see way more of it once the, uh, the price drops down. Like once they get a few years on them and the, uh, the drifty kids, well, I guess the drift kids won't take them cause they're all wheel drive. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, man? We shall see. Time will tell. Yeah. Well, uh, the stoner question of the week. Did you want to <laughs> yeah. get into that? The, yeah, 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 yeah. Why four liter? So this is the, hold on, the, hold on, hold okay, on. Okay. Okay. You actually asked this question over text to me a while ago, several months ago, and I'll just be driving down the road and it pops into my head all the time and I, it weighs on me and I have to go through this conversation. <laughs> it haunts you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it bothers me because like in my mind, like I know the answer, but it's like, it seems like it should be more complicated than it really is. But anyways, we'll dive into it. Um, uh, do you want to take it? Or do you want me to go? Uh, sure. Uh, so the question was four liter of displacement, displacement versus displacement. Why does the number of holes make such a difference in the power and how it's made? Because if you have, for which I don't even know if anyone does, a five liter six let, cylinder. Let me versus, let me simplify it here. All if right. you have a exact two engines built exactly the same, a one's a four liter V six, and they can be a cam and block or overhead cam, basically built to the same specs, versus a four liter V eight. Same thing, built as closely as they can. Obviously, the bore and stroke has to be different to make up that extra displacement in the V6. Has to have right. more, more bore or more stroke or a combination of the two to equal the same amount of displacements as, this, as the right. V8. So everything else is about as close as they can be. Which one makes more power? And I guess it comes down to like power torque versus horsepower and where it makes it and how it makes it right that was what i thought yeah i was yeah. thinking you know being that the v6 would have to have a larger stroke a larger bore or a combination of the two typically that coincides with pretty decent low-end torque whereas the uh, v8s would have a shorter stroke or smaller pits or smaller bore or combination of the two to um and and be capable of maybe accomplishing slightly higher rpm but even if you wanted to limit them to the same rpm you see which one but something tells me that the v8 just no matter how you shake a stick at it it's going to be this 
that it's going to be higher in horsepower on the top end. And then maybe just you have a little bit of an advantage on the V6 on the low end. I feel like if you limit the RPMs to the same, you're hamstringing the V8. Because that was going to be my point with the the five liter, because I know five liter, they have a V10, five liter Coyote versus a five liter V10. Like, I guess Coyote is more of a high revving thing anyway, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the V10 is going to make the power way higher in the revs than a V8 mm -hmm. would. Yeah. And those, but those engines are also built very differently. The, the 5.0 is made to be in a truck platform. It's made to be in a daily driven Mustang, whereas the 5 liter V10 is, is a, it's a weekend car. It's a track car. It's, it's not made to be driven every single day. So it is capable of running a much higher compression ratio and, and it's, it's built with tighter tolerances and it's it's gonna make more power and the best cylinder heads are different again. but my point is where it makes the power sure okay yeah v8s yeah. are typically grunty and a v10 is a high revving you know the power you don't i you you had a work v10 i guess it's all about how it's cammed and designed yeah it's all about how it's built and so the things have to be built. yeah it's very similar and then having it like that so the only thing i could really i started brainstorming i said what can i compare these to because I can't think of anything off the top of my head that is comparable for this. Um, but <laughs> two things, cause I'm a diesel guy. So it came up, you have 6.7 liter Cummins and you have a 6.7 liter power stroke. So you have very similar, almost, almost identical displacements. One's an inline six, one is a V eight, which one performs this differently. And they're actually built somewhat the same. They have a very similar injection system. Um, I think they both use the CP3 uh, injection pump and they have, you know, VGT turbos, all this type of stuff. And they do perform pretty similar. Um, I, I have driven power strokes and they do tend to be much better up high and they both perform really, really good down low. So I don't, I don't know. And, and this is coming from a Cummins guy. So I'm, I'm actually talking up the power stroke right now. Um, but um yeah, well, the straight six to V8 comparison is where it kind of gets blurry for me, at least, you know. Yeah, I know it, it changes it and it's not the exact comparison we're looking for, but I really just couldn't think of anything where there's basically like chop two cylinders off, change the uh, born stroke and accomplish the same displacement. It's just it doesn't exist to my knowledge. So I just had to speculate off of just my general car knowledge, which one would be better. But anyways, that was, that's Chris's, um, uh, stoner you know, question st of the week, stoner question of the week. And I hope it haunts you the way it does me. And you can sit there and think about it for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, in other news, uh, Cletus destroyed Leroy kind no. of. No, what? I didn't hear that. The drivetrain. He, uh, a, a part of the clutch came off and destroyed the bell housing which destroyed the transmission which does, does it say what transmission he has he runs uh some crazy rpm transmission it's a, it's still a manual so he's got the, the t56 from the original corvette i would imagine yeah i should know more than that as i am the resident cletus fan i'm a big but, fan uh, i've been watching him a lot too but i just i don't know that much about his cars other than they're pretty wild 
Yeah. James junked his engine. He blew uh, blew a side of the cylinder head out. <laughs> and then uh, while he was here in Vegas, and okay. I went, oh, out, I, I I went out and that. saw him. Yeah. And then these poor guys drove through the night from Bakersfield to deliver him an engine. A brand new engine, yeah. <laughs> and they installed it. And then... Uh, it's I forget what the problem was. They had an issue with it and it didn't end up running it. And then oh. he drove he ran Leroy once and junked the whole drivetrain. And rough weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the only car that's up right now is Ruby of the main ones, because Rocket, yeah, Wait, the drift Ruby? car. Ruby's the C six, the red single turbo C six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah big, she's still single. She, oh yeah, real big single. <laughs> um, she's still going, and then Rocket broke like the front control arm, the drift car. Which one is that? That's the two forty drift car he has. Okay. Oh yeah, is that the one with the American scheme uh, wrap? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, so does Toast, which is his burnout car. But uh, yep, rough, rough week for old Cleeter, but uh. Press on. Yep. Yeah, I've been I've been keeping up a little bit since I've been on uh, Instagram quite a bit with uh, uh, cartoon channels, a uh, new page. It's it's growing relatively fast. Um, so hell yeah, make sure you guys are out there subscribing and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, we got we have new content going up every day. We're just trying to keep up with things and uh, having a good time doing it. So come in like our stuff uh follow us and uh, keep up with what we got going on absolutely uh david freiberger set some a record this week uh, he joined yeah. the el mirage 200 mile an hour club yeah he think, set a record yeah it's been held since the 70s or 80s yeah it's uh hold on a second I think, he, I think he went something like 218 miles per hour i'm going off the top of my head here no it was 208 which oh, isn't 208. the fastest he's been but it's one of those things where it's like for his fast his, for his class fast yeah. yeah 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 that, that little car's got quite a few records right now that camaro yeah i don't know second all of them camaro. hold on or, a second yeah, here second. Yeah, he's got the uh, El Mirage. Uh, I know he's in the 200 mile per hour club in quite a few places. I don't know where else he held records though. Yeah, so he uh, did 208.791, which is the smash the sea blown gas coupe record of 200 miles an hour that was set in 1984. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that record's older than born. me. Yeah. That's he did a, a full episode about the engine that he used, the 347 cubic inch Chevrolet yeah. on episode 40 of Engine Masters. And I went back and rewatched it. It's uh, very, very interesting. He's making about a thousand horsepower on a Pro yeah. Charger. I think it was like a thousand and seven or something like that. Yeah, it's way less than the car is capable of, but at wide open throttle for several minutes at a time, you need to overbuild the crap out of the engine. You know, I would, I would like to rewatch that episode too, because you know these guys are, they're all big fans of the big block Chevy engine, 
it's it's their go-to for making power on everything and i'm wondering why i assume that's a small block relay being 345 cubic inches yeah um so i'm wondering why they didn't go big block is maybe maybe for the rpm for the class also i'm guessing Uh, okay yeah yeah, that makes sense then yeah they probably limited on displacement yeah we should do a separate podcast series where we go back through and watch all the engine masters episodes (laughs) yeah well i don't know how entertaining that would be but we'd have something to talk about heck yeah man (laughs) um yeah so congrats to Freiburger. I'm going going real fast, man. He did yeah. 260 something. That's the record for the car, which is That's absolutely insane. So much faster than I ever want to go. Yeah, in a, in a second gen Camaro on dirt. That's that's nuts. 260. I've I've been my my personal lands 261.6. My personal is only 167 and that was that was really fast. I, I can't imagine going over two hundred on dirt or salt flats or whatever. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, you got you got to have a pair on you. That's for sure. Yeah, so, I really trust that car. Well, all all of the above. I mean, I'll trust a car all day, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, you still got to be the one watching the speedo climb and climb. Because, God, if anything goes wrong at that speed, you're just like a cloud of dust. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care about your roll bars and helmets and fire suits. You're done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to roll for a long time. Oh, yes. Um, that's it for me. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I think that'll, that'll wrap it up today. All right, everyone, don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review, do all the things. Uh, We will be back next week with more shenanigans. I'll talk to you later. Bye.